0: Hey friends! Before we jump into today's episode, I just want to let you know that the doors to Thrive, my 12-week nutrition coaching program, are currently open. Thrive is a 12-week one-on-one nutrition coaching program to help you let go of diets, food fears, and obsession, and end mealtime struggle with your kids. So if you've been looking for how to go from overwhelmed and stressed out to empowered and confident in your relationship with food and your body, now is your chance. Check out all the details at oliveandblaze.ca/ slash nutrition hyphen coaching. Doors to apply close Tuesday, April 20th at midnight. All right, on to the episode. You're listening to episode 25 of the Thriving Mom podcast. Today, we're talking about motherhood and the money stories we tell ourselves. It's a good one. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Thriving Mom podcast where we invite mothers and mothers at heart to think outside the conventional beliefs about motherhood, nutrition, and raising healthy kids. I'm your host, Uime Oguta, recovering perfectionist and non-diet nutrition counselor on a mission to help smart women like you find food and body freedom through intuitive eating, self-care, and mindful practices that will leave you kicking balance to the curb, stop surviving, and start thriving in the beautiful chaos that is motherhood. Are you ready, mama? Let's journey together. Welcome back, friends. How are you? As usual, I'm excited to bring this episode to you because I'm all about a holistic approach to health. And one of the areas that causes a lot of stress for moms and mothers at heart in general is money. So in line with the podcast theme for this month, I decided to bring on the show the talented Chelsea Brennan of Smart Money Mamas to talk about how you can have a thriving money mindset. Now, I came across Chelsea last year when I attended her Smart Money Mamas Summit, which was a blast, by the way. And I just knew I wanted her to talk to the women in this community about money. No, I know she's not the only one who talks about money, but I just love her simple approach. And I think she brings in just enough kick in the pants with a dash of grace and compassion, which if you followed me for a while now, you know that's kind of my jam. So in this episode, we chat about the holistic approach to money, the emotional aspect of money, which is very interesting, why your language matters when it comes to money matters, especially around your children, how to rethink your financial achievements, and how you can start to build a thriving money mindset today so that you can change your life, but also change your generations. You're going to want to take some notes and keep this one because this is a great episode. Before we head into the episode though, I want to confess that you'll notice during the interview, the sound from my end sounds a bit muffled, which we kind of noticed during editing, but I've been working so hard on letting go of perfectionism for the past year. So you know what I did? I put it here anyway. I challenged myself to go with the flow and release this episode. Not because I couldn't do a better job, which I think it's good enough, but because this is real life and I'm not going to let perfectionism stand in the way of me getting this message out for myself and all the mamas and mamas at heart who need this message. So here we are. Living by done is better than perfect. But first, Chelsea is the founder of Smart Money Mamas and its monthly membership community, The Motivated Mamas Society. She's an ex-hedge fund manager turned financial educator who is dedicated to changing the way we talk about money, helping moms connect with all aspects of their money in a way that lets them overcome emotional blocks, identify what they want most, and create the healthy money habits that will help them achieve their biggest goals, all while modeling positive money relationships for the next generation. Chelsea lives in Connecticut with her husband, who's a rock star stay-at-home dad, and two young and energetic boys. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I hope you enjoy it too and benefit as much as I did. All right, enjoy.
1: Welcome to the Thriving Mom podcast, Chelsea. I'm so glad to have you here.
2: I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: Awesome. I'm really ready to dive into our conversation today about money mindset and mums, but I just want you to introduce yourself to my community and tell us why money mindset is something that you're so passionate about.
2: Absolutely. So I'm Chelsea Brandon. I'm the founder of Smart Money Mamas and our membership community, the Motivated Mama Society. Um, My background is in finance. I worked on Wall Street for several years. I was a hedge fund manager and I left about three years ago to start this business. And so we talk about all areas of money in a very, very holistic way on our platform. But money mindset is a huge, huge piece of that. And I think we discount as a society in general, how emotional money is. And we try to treat it like a math problem, something that if you just had more willpower, you can figure it out. And really we all have these very emotional stories about money that root back to when we were kids. And that come through our formative experiences with money from our first job to how we paid for school, to how we transitioned out onto our own. And those stories, whether we pay attention to them consciously or not, are dictating our behavior with money today. And so until we heal that relationship, until we figure out what we want our money relationship to be, make that like active choice instead of having it just be put upon us by what our our childhood was not only can we not really thrive with money, but we can't really teach our kids positive money lessons because you'll start to realize as you do money mindset work that there are things you say that have an implication that you don't even realize and your kids are listening to it. And so we talk about mindset as a way to change generational money stories and to give you a place not only to build better money habits for yourself, but pass on those better money habits to your kids and someday your grandkids and so forth.
1: Wow. I'm... (laughs) (laughs) Scribbling so hard here because there's so many things in what you just said that I want to unpack but mm. thank you very much for just sharing that because to me it feels like pretty much you're summing up what a lot of us moms are thinking about you know we're, we're, we're not taught about money and then we don't realize that there's an emotional component when it comes to money mindset but then we also want to make this money and we want to change things, then how do we talk to our kids? Because if we don't change things on our own, if we're not teaching them, the cycle continues. And I Mm -hmm. feel there's a correlation between this and the work that I do, because it's all about addressing the emotional components of food. How do we manage our mindset? And how do we change generations based on the work that we're doing? So this is, this is awesome. Something you said. (laughs) is this holistic approach to money and i just want you to dive a little bit more into that when you say holistic approach towards money what does that mean exactly
2: yeah so my goal is to help all moms live full thriving purposeful lives and at a first glance some people would say that that's not money related right that's just self-development work that's just nutrition work that's just whatever But money gives us the freedom and the opportunity to grow. And so when you look at a lot of people who are in the self-development space, who say quit jobs that don't serve you and leave relationships that don't serve you and own your self-worth, that's all well and good. But if you're a person who is wondering how they're going to make the next rent payment or wondering if one accident is going to wipe you out, that just sounds almost completely unattainable, right? You're listening to it and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to quit my job tomorrow. Like, How would I feed myself and my kids? And so That's a more extreme example. But in my opinion, we talk about things from the money, what we call the money hierarchy of needs, which takes Mm. Maslow's hierarchy and says how each stage of that is really also a stage of financial achievement right? So we talk about the bottom physiological needs. Can you keep food in your body and a roof over your head? There's a level of financial security that goes along with that. The next step is security. So not only can you make sure that your physiological needs are covered, but can you do it consistently? Do you have an emergency fund so that you're not stuck? The next step is love and belonging, right? And so a lot of times when you are financially stressed, it causes more issue with your partner. It means that you're working so hard and you're so stressed. It's hard to have focused time with your friends to build the community that you need and the community that supports you, that tells you that you are a good person, that tells you that you can achieve amazing things. And the more kind of a little bit of financial breathing room we get, the more we can take that time and that energy and pour it into our communities. And it continues up through self-actualization, which is the last step, which is really becoming the best version of yourself. And that means, you know, really having what we would say is financial independence, where you're not dependent on a job to keep making ends meet and to live your life. And so that you can choose the type of work that you want to do, where you want to live, and really kind of have that That freedom. And so when we talk about holistic finances, we talk about not just getting more money in the bank, not just teaching you a budgeting system, but also teaching you how to feel worthy of the life that you want, how to heal old money stories, how to be a parent in the way you best want to be a parent that models good relationships for your kids. Something we talk about all the time is that we've built this idea that moms are supposed to be martyrs and how that presents to our kids. And so can we change that? Can we really believe that we are worthy of chasing our passions and that that's actually better for our kids and that it's better for our kids if we own our worth and build our sense of wealth in a way that aligns with our values and things like that. And so I don't think that we can come in and talk about just money. I think we have to talk about who we are as people and what our values are and, and everything that goes into it.
1: Oh, that's awesome. That's really, I I don't have the words that I'm trying to find. So <laughs> I haven't, I mean, I've, as a young mom, or when I started having kids, I remember that there were some struggles I had with money. Mm -hmm. I grew up in a family where my dad was, you know, the sole breadwinner, And then my mom joined Mm -hmm. later on, but there wasn't any conversation about empowering the girl child. It was more like, well, your husband will take care of you. So that's the mentality we grew up with. And I remember Just as an older child, I thought, well, I don't want a man to take care of me. I want to be able to do this myself. But I didn't realize that I had my own money stories and money blocks until I got to a place where, you know, we were now trying to figure out our finances. We're in a place where we were more financially secure. And all of a sudden, I couldn't do all these things Mm -hmm. because I had my own money stories and I had my own money blocks that I had to go through. So I really want you to dive a little bit more back into this idea of worth. How can we start seeing ourselves as worthy of engaging with money so that we can become better versions of ourselves?
2: Absolutely. So let's start from one place, which is that a lot of us, a lot of women weren't taught how to handle money. And we were taught that somebody else would deal with it for us, right? That Prince Charming would come and handle it all. And so I'm going to give you some empowering stats for a second. We could talk about the wage gap. We could talk about all the negative things for a second, mm-hmm. but two th- in two thirds of households, in heterosexual households, the woman manages the budget.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Women control over 90% of consumer spending decisions. We can control over 80% of financial services decisions, who we bank with and all these kinds of things. We have enormous power when it comes to money and we don't associate it with it because we think about money as a way of wealth building, investing. We don't think budgeting and keeping making ends meet is actually money management, but it is. It's what gives us the space to ultimately be able to invest and grow. We add on to that, that both boys and girls, when surveyed, want to learn about money from their mothers more than they want to learn about it from their fathers. And this is partially because they see mom interact with money more. They go to the store with mom. They watch mom pay the bills. They And then so their understanding is they, they just get more access that way. They see more experience that way. And so the first thing I want you to tell you is that even if you feel like you are terrible with money, even if you feel like you don't know you know way more than you think, and you already Mm -hmm. control way more than you think. So sit with that first. The second thing is, let's do some work and figure out what is your relationship with the ideal wealth, the word of wealth, right? Some people hear that and they get a little bit of that like tightness in their gut and they think they're going to turn into Ebenezer Scrooge and they're just (laughs) like, I don't want anything to do with this. And so I want you to figure out what are you a person and not everybody feels this way, but are you a person that associates money with evil, money with bad behavior, money with people who are lazy, right? These are all things that come up and do some introspection on where that came from. And so we do in our society, and we did this a little bit at the summit that you attended last year. Thinking through your money memories, looking back and saying, what was the first time you remember interacting with money? And if, and for a lot of people, something will come to the surface pretty quickly. It's usually around six to 10 years old is when that memory surfaces and sit with that memory for a minute and ask yourself, what did you decide about money in that moment? Age six to 10, we have super limited perspective, but we are looking to control our environment. So we are making big sweeping decisions about everything you see. So what happened in that moment? And what did you decide? And is that decision something you actually want to carry in your life? Because for almost everybody, whatever you decided in that moment has been running in the back of your brain for decades now and subconsciously directing the decisions that you make. So I'll give you an example. There's a woman in our community. She was in the grocery store with her mom. She was seven or eight years old. She found some dinosaur toy thing as she was walking towards checkout and she held it up and said to her mom, like, can we buy this? And her mom said, daddy only gave me so much money for groceries. And in that moment, this little girl who grew up to be a wildly strong, amazing feminist woman has internalized the daddy decides how we spend our money. Mm. And so she grew up and she still looked for her father's approval with every job that she took and every decision that she made. When she got married, she looked to her husband to make that decision. And as as soon as she pulled that out into the light, she was like, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) I don't think that for a second. But it had been running there. And so to sit with, kind of think back and think about what those decisions are. And if you don't agree with them, you know, we talk about money mantras. Everybody's heard mantras and all these things. (laughs) You can't just pick a mantra out of the air and make it work for you. You've got to figure out what are you trying to untangle and unwind and make your mantra speak to that? And so we talk about this specific person, her mantra had to become, I am the only one who decides what my money does for me. And that became her powerful statement. And when she came up to something and she was afraid and she was looking for anyone else to give her the answer, she could sit, she could say her statement and decide what she wanted to do. And it took some practice on learning things takes practice, but it gave her that power to move forward. And so If this question of your early money memory maybe isn't coming up with anything for you, I'd ask you to consider when was the first time you saw somebody pay the bills? Was there tension in the room? Did you talk to your mom or dad who was doing it? Was there an argument around it? What did you take away from that moment? What was the first time you saw a money argument? What was the argument about? How did you feel about it? How was it explained to you after the fact? Or was it addressed at all? And start to ask those kind of common questions. And you'll start to see the patterns of where your money story has probably come from.
1: Oh, that's really powerful. And I like that you touched on this idea of repeating mantras, because I find that that's really popular these days with self-development and all of these things on the internet. And there's like, say these affirmations, but like you said, if you don't know exactly what you're untangling and taking away, What are you saying the mantra for? It's just words that you're repeating to yourself. But when you've done the work of actually identifying the roots of where this is coming from, then you can take it out and replace it with this new empowered words that you're saying. That's really good. And I hope our moms are listening. It's just really unfortunate. Just like that lady going to the grocery store, even though her mom may have done the budget, even though her mom may have decided this is what we're going to buy this week. Mm-hmm. Still at that point, her mom didn't feel like she was empowered to make that decision. That's a really and powerful story.
2: We also have to forgiveness for our parents and the people oh, in our lives. Too, absolutely. right? Because we don't know that situation. I don't know that situation. Like maybe her mom had full equal decision-making power. And that was the words that came out of her mouth as a way to quiet the toddler that was asking for something for the 15th time. Right. But that's the phrase that comes out. And I think it's remembering A lot of people do have money trauma. And in those cases, like you've got to do a lot of work and healing with that. But when it's these moments that come to the surface, it's not necessarily that your parent was trying to do something wrong. It's just, it might've been what came out of their mouth. Like A great example that parents still do today is their kids ask for something and they say, we can't afford it. And this causes this massive scarcity mindset with kids where there are many other better things that you could say. You could say, we're prioritizing different things right now. You could say, we've chosen to buy other things right now, but what are ways that you could save the money for that thing that you want and get your kid's brain into problem solving mode when it comes to money and train that. But sometimes we just say things, right? Parents were tired and we're like, this is going to shut them up and we move on with our lives. And so, you know. There's not, we have to have some forgiveness too, not get angry at what happened in the past, but just have some real presence of mind and real awareness of what stories we carried forward.
1: Mm -hmm. That's, that's a very good um, call to action. I think for us moms and parents in general, because what you say, your kids really hold on tightly to it. It's funny Mm -hmm. that you talk about the, we can't afford it thing because up until I started doing mindset work, I was one of those parents who would say that, but not because we couldn't afford it. It was more like I didn't want to buy it at that time. But with mindset work now, I know whenever we have things like that, I would tell my kids, "Okay, how can you save up for it? We have other things we're prioritizing right now. And I think those are really helpful just to get our kids into that mindset of, yes, there's abundance. Yes, we need to prioritize. And maybe you can work also to support and help us out to get that thing that you want. So thank you for sharing that. I had shared on my Instagram that you were coming on the show and I asked for questions. Some of them I've already asked, but someone had talked about uh, she lives around the world and she would like some advice on how she could save money because if you're transient, you're living and working anywhere, it could be hard. And we find that That women are more likely to live paycheck to paycheck compared to men. And Mm -hmm. she wants just some practical tips that she could use to be able to save up and still have the freedom to work anywhere she wants.
2: Yeah, I think the, the hard part with that question is that it depends on where her home base is and every like everybody, banking system, government, things are different. Mm-hmm. But if your home base is in the US or in Canada or anywhere in Europe, you can still create almost the, all of those places have online banking accounts. And so having a place where you have a high yield savings account, that's a savings account that pays a little bit of a higher interest rate that you can squirrel money away into. And I think that when you're starting, when you're living paycheck to paycheck, you are transient it seems like a big number, right? You hear people say, like, oh, you should have a three to six months emergency fund. And you're like, yeah, okay, how am I going to do that? Don't be afraid to start with $5 a month, a couple mm-hmm. dollars a week, right? Just build the habit of saving. And you'll find that, okay, after a little while, we have $200 that I never had before. And for, and like, start to build that cushion and protect that cushion any way that you can. And so when we think about anyone who works all around the world and who does kind of more, variable work, you have periods of feast and periods of famine. And so when things are really, really good, setting some boundaries for yourself of like, okay, if I make over this much money in a month, I'm going to take half of it and do fun things. And I'm going to take half of it. And I'm going to put it in this account. Right. And so that you don't, you start to build that sense of cushion, but it's really just building the habit of saving and starting really small. If that's all you can do at the time.
1: Thank you. That's an excellent response. And I think that that would be really helpful one more thing I wanted to ask with regards to moms and money mindset. Now we've heard everything you've talked about and a mom might be wondering, well, where do I even start from? Are you able to give us some practical tips on just simple things that they can do today?
2: Yeah. So I think the first place we have people start is that money mindset is going back and looking at your money memories and starting to determine, you know, where where are you being held back? But the next exercise that I have a lot of people go through, and we do this in the In the Motivated Mama Society, we have our foundations courses that bring you really through step-by-step from the very beginning all the way through wealth building, what to do. But an exercise we start everybody with is identify how do you most want to feel in your daily life? Pick two or three. Do you want to feel uh, empowered? Do you want to feel impactful? Do you want to feel loved? Like How do you want to feel? That's step one. Pick three or four emotion words. Step two, What are your values? What matters to you? Is it family? Is it education? Is it environmentalism? Is it health? Pick your values and then make a list of the activities that make you feel that way and reflect those values. And I want you to start to identify, this is a journaling work, this doesn't happen all at once, but start to identify what is your best dream day look like, your best dream week, your best dream year. The reason we start here and not in numbers is because we get so many people who are like, I want to make six figures, I want to save this amount, but there's no reason behind it. And so I want you to really identify what is wealth and a full life look like to you. And once you have that modeled, now you can take that and go to Google and figure out how much is this going to cost me. What does it actually take for me to do these activities and set your budget goals, set your savings goals around that, because what is a wealthy life for me is going to be different than what's a wealthy life for you. And so I want you to always be based in, what brings you the most fulfillment and joy and not anybody else's definition of success. And so come into your budget. Now that would be step three, right? It's really getting into the numbers. And by the time you've gotten to step three, you've done a little work on your mindset. You're feeling a little bit more confident. You know what you want and what's important to you. And now you can look at your budget and you can see the places where you're like, I can't believe I'm spending money on that. That doesn't even matter to me. I can cut that and I can replace it with something else. And so it gives you a little bit more freedom as you get to the budgeting step.
1: That's awesome. I really like the idea of starting with internal motivation because once you do the feelings and you talk through the values, it's a lot easier for people to accept whatever comes versus looking at these numbers and thinking with your logical brain, you're not really paying attention. So that's really impressive. I Those are really helpful tips.
2: I also think when you come to that budget, if you're someone who doesn't have a lot of wiggle room in your budget, which can be a really disempowering feeling, you will find that as you made that list of the activities and things that reflect how to make you feel, a lot of them were free. Right. And so one of my biggest examples is like, I value closeness and connection and I value education and family. Right. And so there are a lot of different ways I could do that. I could take my boys to travel. I could do all kinds of different things. But the way, one of the ways I'm reflecting it right now is every day. I have lunch with them and then we go sit on the couch. They both sit on my lap and we read books for 15 minutes. And that is all of those same feelings in something that costs me nothing, right? And so you're going to find ways that even if your budget feels tight, you can start to build that fulfilling life into what you're already
1: doing. That's a great example. I love that. The one last question I wanted to ask you is a question I ask all my guests, and that's just what does it mean to thrive as a mom, as a woman, whatever comes to mind.
2: For me, what it means to thrive is when I am allowing myself the space to rest. And for me, I'm very achievement driven. I am very perfectionist and workaholic and I'm working something I'm working on for a long time. And when I am in a space where I have the sense of calm and accomplishment that I am letting myself take the time to rest, that I am letting myself take my time with my family. That is when I most feel like I'm thriving.
1: That is awesome. Awesome. I'm I'm raising my hand. I know you saw me. there. (laughs) (laughs) I was on a podcast and someone asked what I value and I said rest because again, I'm a recovering perfectionist and Mm -hmm. I love to work. I go hard, high achieving. So when I'm able to rest, it just makes me feel so much better. Thank you so much for sharing. I love that. Allowing yourself to rest. That's a good one. And uh, just before we head out, I just wanted you to let us know where we can find you.
2: Absolutely. So we're smartmoneymamas.com. Mamas is M-A-M-A-S. I know everyone spells it a little bit differently. Um, On all social platforms, I'm very active on Instagram. Tag me, DM me. I'm happy to answer any questions. And if you want to check out our membership community, really work on your mindset and these holistic money things, you can go to smartmoneymamas.com forward slash join, and it'll tell you more about our program.
1: That's awesome. And you had sent me the link. So I'll include that in the show notes for our community. So thank you so much. Thank you, Chelsea. I really appreciate your time. This was awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This was
2: lovely.